Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of the Holding Court Podcast. Today, we mourn the loss of our Twitter check marks, and I'll share my experience from my very first Boston Marathon, and you'll hear if Justin made it to the finish line in time. All coming up right now on Holding Court. We knew the day was coming. But it still came as quite a shock to go to my Twitter profile and not see that beautiful baby blue check mark, just like a badge of honor. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't know whether to pay. The, what is it? Is it eight dollars? Yeah, or you could do an annual fee, I or think an it's annual just pay, or one hundred twelve dollars or something. Yeah, I mean because. People are getting made fun of if they pay. So right. if you have been well, it away from the social media world, uh, when Elon Musk took over at Twitter, purchased Twitter, one of the things he kept saying he was going to do is get rid of check marks and you can subscribe to something I think called Twitter Blue. So you don't have to be anyone of note. Not that I am, but I have, I'm very, very proud of my check mark. But you can <laughs> just pay and you verify your phone number and your identity but it was kind of lingering for a long time. There were threats that it was going to happen for months and months and months. And then they finally set a date and then you just woke up and you were a nobody. I'm not worried about what other people think <laughs> and I'm not like getting the blue check mark or not getting it because I'm worried about the public perception perception. Okay. Like everyone's going to have their opinions regardless. It's fair. They um, do. They always do. I just, I don't know. I don't want people to have accounts thinking it's me or not yeah. me, especially Catfish. with being, you know, active on social media and trying to engage with fans like I like to do. Um, just want to make sure no one's getting duped into anything. So in my experience on social media, and I have a lot of it, I think that people are, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization of the public, but I think that a lot of people are now taking things at headline value, face value. They don't really look into things. And I don't want to sell my people like my mother out. My mom will see a headline and send it to me and be like, oh my gosh, Courtney. It's like, mom, did you read the article? Did you look beyond? Like sometimes it's just that you'll see someone post something. So there could be someone that's red turn dot to, and you could post something. And there's even like that fake MLB like Fox account yeah. that people and it'll say like this like wild the there was like a quote where it was like oh it was something about Machado and it was yeah. like oh that guy never whatever he did this it was something negative and then there's this little tiny disclaimer in the bottom right that says we don't think Justin Turner actually said this right but those things will just take off and then people some of them are funny people will <laughs> still like to this day reference stuff like that They're like oh well, remember when justin said like manny sucked it's like okay obviously you never said that right but like that's what makes me nervous about this checkmark free world and then obviously like the implications of larger things like in politics or i don't know health information different things that just kind of can go off the rails here so i think it is an issue well, I guess the <laughs> argument is, is just because someone has a blue check doesn't mean what they're saying is accurate or that true. That is also true. But what it does mean is that person is verified for who they are. And right. it's not a bot or it's not a 
scammer. It's not somebody who's pretending to be someone else and then putting out bad information. So someone who's verified with that check and they're putting out something that maybe is not true or they're attacking someone or whatever, like those people are going to be easy to find now. Yeah, they could be money scams. Oh, I'm having this, you know, like clinic, sign up, here's the link. And then you like, obviously it's not you. But for me personally, my check mark allowed me to Karen so much better. I'm actually happy this has happened. So (laughs) (laughs) when I am in a situation and I realize the check mark is just adding to my privilege in the world, but the check mark if I'm at, let's say I have a rental car issue, I get in the rental car. It's not, I mean, like I referenced before, it's not the car I rented. It's disgusting. There's a tire falls out, whatever. My first move was never to call the customer service line. It was to message that company on Twitter. And let me tell you the lightning fast response of a company that fears that someone with the mighty blue check mark is going to tweet something negative about their company. <laughs> At least that's just my thought. And so I always got the fastest response on Twitter. Same with like a Postmates order or something ridiculous. I mean, this is all like things that don't truly matter in life, but that check mark made that company think that I maybe deserved a level of service that I probably don't deserve. Can I, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Have you, have you tried to Karen yet without the check mark to see if maybe it had nothing to do with the check mark and companies are just responding to people? Um, no, no, it just happened. I haven't had a Karen moment in the last week, All right. but I will, I will keep you posted on it because my sister would write a company and for an order or something like something didn't show up or a package showed up damaged and she would be writing and writing UPS, whatever, no response. And I'd be like, Oh, let me just go on there. And then I'd reference her order number, her email, and I would get a response. So she, I was taking her under the wing of my check. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm just going to have well. to sit on hold with everyone else. <laughs> Again, it's fine. It's just one of those things that when I got it, it made me feel invincible. I feel like it's something that in six months from now is just going to be so like forgot about. Like <laughs> I don't know. people are going to either have their checks life. or not have their checks and well, no one's going to be talking about the it. The interesting thing is on the other side of it, Instagram, and I think since Instagram and Facebook or owned by Meta. It's the same thing. They opened up where you could pay for it as well, but they didn't remove any check marks from people of note, celebrities, athletes, whatever organizations. And in the very first day, people went wild buying these check marks. And I, I like don't know the exact number, but it was like millions of people are paying this service. I think it's what, 10 bucks, 12 bucks a month. But you can go on people's, because I noticed a lot of certain people in, well, a lot of people in the running community did it because I'm in like my little group and I noticed a bunch of them because we're in this group chat. I noticed everyone suddenly had blue checks and I was like, that's weird. Like they should. I mean, they're runners, they're known, whatever. But you go to their page and if you click their little check, it says verified as of April, 2023. And I'm like, oh, they paid. Do I think any less of them? I do find it I do find it interesting that 
you know, there was this big deal made about Elon and Twitter, but no one has said a word about Instagram because the Karens like yourself okay. didn't get your check mark removed. So everyone's okay with people paying on Instagram. No, I think it's, but it's like, is diluting the word? Like it's now it's like diluting the value of the check mark. I actually think there should be, here's my solution. Maybe it's already in the works. I don't really know. I think everyone should have to be verified. I agree. And in the sense of you should have to upload your driver's license. Remember back in the day, if I have younger listeners, they probably won't remember this, but to be on Facebook back in the day, you had to have a college email address and your name would match college email, everything. So it was kind of the same system where if you knew you got a message from whoever and it was from their school was on there, had to be on there. You knew pretty much that you were getting that person. But then it became, it opened up to everyone and now it's everyone's grandma on there just like posting fake things. But I think in terms of safety and stuff we mentioned before, the catfishing, people getting docs, like posting their address online, harassment. I think there would be less of that if people knew that their driver's license and their name and their information was attached to their account. Now I know like free speech comes into play and there's like been issues where things have been reported and they're like, oh, they're allowed to say that or threaten you or whatever. So I don't know how much it would help, but I do think it would help a, a great deal. But so I think there should be the level of, okay, this person is the celebrity. So you don't have to worry about Justin posting his hidden clinic and someone else saying, oh, I'm actually the same person. So I think there should be like a different tier, like a different color check or whatever. I know- Instagram has gold checks or Twitter has gold checks now. Like the Red Sox have a gold check. They're a verified organization as opposed to a person. But I think that would help. Um, but obviously bots and fake accounts and people having 10 accounts inflates the value of a company. So the company probably doesn't want to do that. But I think that is probably the best solution. Then you know who you're talking to is who you're talking to and people feel less free to go online and say a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I think I think there's probably like a million different reasons why a verified account is important and why all verified or all accounts should be verified, but for me the biggest thing and we talk about this on here all the time is just the lack of accountability on social media and the ability to say whatever you want to whoever you want and the mental health issues that it causes especially in younger kids. Right. So they're being bullied on social media, it's affecting their confidence, it's affecting their self-esteem, it's causing depression, and, you know, how many kids are, you know, like, taking their own lives now because of, you know, yeah. this online bullying stuff, and all we, I, I feel like if we got everyone's account verified, and we knew who everyone was, and you had to put all your information out there, um, people would be less mean. I agree. I don't know how many people would offer up their information, but I think you have to do it now to be verified anyways. Cause right. I remember when we, I was getting verified a couple of years ago, I had to upload a driver's license. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like we always talk about on here too. Like the interactions that we have on social media versus the interactions that we have in person with people are like drastically night and day. Yeah. You know, you get so much negativity on social media and then, face-to-face -face and talking to people, it just doesn't exist. Like, people don't say the things to your face that they say when they're behind a keyboard. And 
I think some of that verified checkmarkness will create some accountability and less negativity will be spewed on social media. I agree. I agree. Well, well, well. So I should buy the $8 check mark. <laughs> essentially what I'm should, trying to convince myself. Should Justin buy the check mark? People are getting shamed for this check mark situation. You you're not going to shame me. And a I lot of people that are, they're writers. There's a few Red Sox writers that I've seen defending their check mark saying, listen, this is my livelihood. I need to make right. sure that I'm verified. The things that I'm posting are coming from me. And this is an investment in my career. So make fun of me all you want. But I don't know. Keep an eye on Justin's check watch. Check watch 2023 to see if he drops the dollar. And, it's it's and probably going to happen. And I'll wear it proud. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I pay for Hulu. I pay for Netflix. I pay for cable. I pay yeah, I car guess. insurance. I pay for a fast pass. I we pay for everything. Wow. So. Do you want to just list our entire monthly bills? Um, <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on into a very exciting week in our new city, Boston Marathon Week. It was a very exciting week. It, there, the city was buzzing, I will say, leading up to it and knowing I was going to participate in it. There was just a different vibe in the city, I have to say. I think obviously knowing you were going to run into it or run it oh my God. and knowing that you were participating <laughs> obviously was a different type of buildup for us. But even if you weren't running in it and just driving around the town and seeing all the people out, seeing all the baby blue and yellow out, which is the Boston Marathon official colors mm -hmm. and which is why mm -hmm. we wear the city connect uniforms that we wear, which I didn't know that until this year. And now it makes a ton of sense. Cause I used to think like, why in the world are those their city connects, but it makes total sense now. Um, but just seeing the buzz of the people and out and about and rocking their Boston marathon and Boston strong, uh, gear everywhere was really, really cool. No, I agree. And even like even just the little areas that were going to be a part of it, it was kind of cool running, doing my run through all the little neighborhoods and seeing all the signs and seeing all the preparation for it. Um, and knowing that it was going to be 10 years to mark um, since the Boston bombing and actually watching, I don't know if anyone was able to see the documentary. I think it was on Netflix mm -hmm. that kind of, oh my gosh, that was it's that, I mean, obviously you followed it when it happened and watched the news, but going back and seeing, you know, people that were, you know, right at the center of it and people that were affected and lost friends and family members, it just made me want to run it even more is maybe that sounds strange, but just seeing how much the city pulled together, came together, rallied around everyone. It just made me even more excited to get out there and run in the city. Yeah, watching watching that documentary was it it kind of gave me like goosebumps knowing that you know you were about to run in that race and uh I had watched Patriots Day with Mark Wahlberg uh leading up to it and then watching the documentary which was I mean really similar obviously but um with the actual people involved. Yeah. I was like, "Oh man, like it just you start remembering, you know, all the things that went down and um Man, it just, it, 
it really is a, a, a resilient city and a city that celebrates and, you know, Monday, Patriots Day, Boston Marathon Day, you know, is a holiday here and everywhere shuts down. So many people were telling us, you know, what their plans were on race day. Oh, yeah. Um, not that they were running it, but how they were going <laughs> to go out and cheer, how they were going to celebrate, how are they going to, you know, tailgate and... It was just spectacular, and I know you're going to get to this in a little bit, but um, I wish I could have experienced more of it. (laughs) Oh, I do too, Justin. (laughs) No, so uh, obviously going into it, I have full imposter syndrome, and I think I have this for most things that I do in my life where, you know, you obviously I'm not a Boston qualifier. The I think the qualifying time for my age group is two plus hours faster than I run it. But, um, knowing that I was able to do it and be a part of it, um, I didn't take that for granted at all. Um, wanted to be there, wanted to run for the Red Sox foundation, um, as an Adidas runner, just super proud of that and going into it, um, wanting to feel like I belonged in that group, but obviously just the athletes that are a part of this, it's crazy because other marathons you, a lot of times if they're full, I think it's like New York, London, you have to put in for a lottery to get picked. I think Boston being like a qualifying marathon, you obviously have to be the best of the best. I'm used to running in LA where it's open to everyone, which is amazing. But when I finish, I'm like in the top half. I was not <laughs> going to be a part of this. Out of these 30,000 runners in Boston, I was lucky to not be last so um but getting to go down to the expo and just seeing everyone excited picking up my bib realizing okay this is actually happening and then getting my corral and seeing I'm in the first wave of runners out of four waves and that was done for logistics in terms of getting you out of the game. There were some other Red Sox retired players running, some other staff members, and there was a plan in place to get everyone that was going to meet their loved ones running down to the finish line at the same time. So being that I'm a little slowpoke, I'm in the first wave. So I'll get back to that in a second. But seeing that and just realizing that it's the next day, it's always exciting. Obviously, I do my prep same as always. I get an IV. I don't know if it's placebo, but I will say I've never felt dehydrated or thirsty during a race. So highly recommend doing that. Um, but it's a different experience here. So to get to that starting line in Hopkinton, you have to take a bus, whether you get dropped off or you go, I think the bus is kind of by Fenway, like Boston Commons area, but I decided to have my friends, Mike and Haley, drop me off. So they dropped me off in kind of the Uber lot. And I get there. I have to say it was organized. I can't stop raving about the organization of this marathon. It was chef's kiss. Wonderful. You drop off. There was no frantic, like, get out of the way. You got to keep moving. It was like, oh, do you want to pull right here and get all your stuff together? Because you know. You call me the human rain delay. Once I get somewhere, we will pull up. (laughs) You're laughing, but you hate me. We pull up to the grocery store. And does anyone else have their shoes off? 
not have their purse packed, have to take a sip of water and take like five minutes to get out of the car, even if you're in any sort of a hurry. I need that prep time. And yes, I should look at the clock and think five minutes before I should be doing all this stuff. But I like that when we park, then I start getting, I put my shoes back on. It has nothing to do with the clock. Like when we're getting close to the grocery store or wherever we're going, no. like start getting ready to get out of the car. But you just start walking away from me. Well, because I just am sitting there and you're like just ho-humming along. Like, I am you know, ho-humming. Let's go. But anyway, so we pull up and they let me pull to the side. So I didn't have to feel super rushed. I actually was expecting even the race day traffic to be crazy. But I think most people take the bus from near downtown. So most people aren't really getting dropped off. But I was there pretty early. And so we get into the lot and you do bag check security. They said, can you put your bib on? I said, Absolutely. The best part is I actually should have had Mike and Haley on here because they were telling me about their adventure after they dropped me off and like the road closures. That's a whole nother episode. A hundred percent. I feel like they need to come on here, but I actually still remember when I did that 14 K, I think it was the Hollywood um, Hills trail 14 K with like P 22 on the metal. That bib was still on the floorboard of the car. I don't know why, like the car's fully clean and then I just still have this bib down there. I'm, now it's for luck. We just have to leave it. They said when they got through like the hour and a half of like road closures, almost running out of gas, like being afraid to shut the car off at the gas station because they thought the car was going to whatever. Fob. And then the, the key, key fob, fob ended up dying and that was like <laughs> a whole disaster. They said they looked down on the floorboard and saw the bib and thought it was my Boston bib and had a full panic attack. <laughs> they were like going to have to f- go back and find me. But anyway, so for security, they just have you pin the bib on. I couldn't decide on the placement. I ended up going with the shorts, even though my shorts were very, my biker shorts were very short, but it fit kind of nicely tucked on there. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, and then I get on the school bus and I get on there and I'm thinking, oh, this is only a mile or like two miles from Athletes Village where all the restrooms are there, all the stuff for the tents, all your fuel. You can sit there and stretch out. Whatever people do, they get places early. No idea. And I get on this bus and I bet you never would have guessed I had to pee. Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I already kind of have to pee, but this bus ride's two miles away. Like, we'll be there in two minutes. I don't know what it was because there wasn't really traffic. I feel like we're on that bus for 45 minutes. I don't know what was going on. It just maybe we're further away than I thought we were. Maybe we got dropped off at a different point. But I'm doing that thing where you kind of talk, where you think someone's going to hear you and maybe respond, but you don't, you're not really talking to anyone or I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to pee my pants. And then like, no one's talking. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to pee on this bus. And like, still no one's talking to me because I'm just the crazy woman. That's, I don't know, didn't plan her bathroom break properly. So we get up to, it's at a school. I think it's a high school maybe, or I don't know where the starting line is. And so we pull up and or we're athletes villages we pull up and we're like inching up like we're inching up there's another bus in front of us and i'm like please just drive and we pull up and the bus driver who i think they just hire a bunch of freelance bus drivers our mine was actually stunning because she could have been like a playmate or something so i don't know where she came from or where she was, <laughs> I feel like what her origin was but i feel like they're volunteers 
I mean, yes, but she was a stunner. Like she honestly, if I open an adult magazine and I see her, she was like a, yeah. Anyways, but (laughs) she's like, are we allowed to drop off here? And the guy says, no, you pass the drop off. You have to exit and leave all the way and come back in. And I just say, no, (laughs) like I'm in like row eight. It's not like no one hears me again. And maybe I'm not talking loud enough or maybe people just were ignoring me, but I'm like, no. And so she pulls up like a couple feet and the guy in front of me was like, can we all just get off? And then she's like, I don't give a shit. And so she just opens, just cranks that door open. Like we remember as kids. And I'm like, people go, people go, people go before the guy's like, you can't get off here. And we all just get like fully get out. But we're actually right by athletes village which is perfect because the thing I was afraid of is it's actually a mile walk from like the drop-off athletes village to the starting line so any extra walking I just 26.2 is enough 27.2 you're pushing it anything more than that no so I'm actually glad we got dropped off kind of right by the start of the one mile so it could have been worse could have been worse but then I realize I still have to pee, obviously. I mean, I didn't realize that I still felt it the whole time. And I'm in the point where, like, you know when you have to pee so bad? I don't know if you've ever reached this point because guys can just, like, pull their D out and sprinkle in a bush. But <laughs> I <laughs> went over, obviously not in every area, but you have more freedom. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. So we go over to, we, with the mouse in my pocket. I go over to the um, porta potties and I'm, you know how you can, like, gauge a line at an airport and you're like, okay bunch of dudes are gonna be fast like that person has to shit like they're okay that might take a while there's like 50 lines but it's those kind of like they're everyone has like three porta potties they're kind of claiming for each line so I'm kind of like looking around and I pick one I pick the worst one this line does not move for 15 minutes the point where like I have the tears in my eyes again oh man and I got there so early but I there were porta potties where I was putting my bib on at the initial drop-off if I do this next year, you better believe I'm using those ones. tinkling in those initial ones. Okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. Like, I, I don't know what it was. And I start like eating my like bar cause I'm trying to distract myself, but and I don't know. It's just, I finally make it in there and it's almost like a, becomes almost a sexual experience <laughs> when you have to be <laughs> because it's like you there are a few greater feelings in life when you've had to pee for an hour and you finally get that sweet release yeah are you with me i'm with you 100 do you know what i mean yeah no i I know so it's like i don't i don't know whatever so i don't even notice the smell i don't have to tell myself that it's rigby shit in there i just don't even care so finish great and then it's they start calling my wave they're like wave one to the starting line so it's time and you're a mile away yep so everyone's making their way. I'm kind of like moseying over. I end up seeing Katie, who I did my news interview with um, mm-hmm. at Fenway that I posted. So that was cool to kind of see her with her setup. And I'm walking along and it just starts raining. Pouring. Uh, not ideal rain. But then I realized why everyone, because everyone had the Mylar blankets that you get at the finish line or ponchos. Yep. Amateur hour. I had nothing. I didn't bring <laughs> Normally you're allowed to bring, this is actually cool if you don't do races or marathons to know, but if you put on a big like old sweater, you could have like an old blanket. 
um, they will collect it. You can just kind of toss it to the side for, I want to say like the first half mile, mile. Yeah. And you'll see people with the big garbage bags. And I want to say this time it went to Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. in Boston, but it always goes to a charity, which is cool. You can feel good about kind of ditching your stuff, but not me. I had nothing. So <laughs> it's just rain. And the forecast actually said nothing, right? Until like later in the day. It almost said three or four o'clock, but can't trust the weather, man. So it's raining, kind of standing there realizing, okay, I shouldn't be in. The, people are talking about their times they want to finish in. And I heard like a 3.05, I heard a 3.10. I'm just thinking, no one, please ask me what time I want to finish in. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm like a volunteer. I don't know. So um, this guy is like, would you like one? And turns to me and opens up a bag of Swedish fish. And I was like, oh, sure. Why not? Like can't hurt. So I eat a rally fish right before. And nice. it was, it was comforting. And then it was time. It was go time. I was hoping to see David Ortiz cause he was the grand marshal, but I think he maybe kicked off the elites and then, yeah, I think he was out and of then there. Jumped in the car and then drove up on the course. Oh, he was along the course. I think so. Cause I think he drove to the finish line. Yeah. So we go to start and since I'm in wave one, but corral eight, I'm the very last corral. And everyone starts and I go and right when you get out of the gate, it's downhill. So you can kind of get away from yourself. And if anyone knows me, I'm a 11 to like a 12 and a half minute miler when I run marathons, I would like to be faster. I'm looking into some options, but (laughs) that's just kind of my pace. But I'm realizing because my Strava, my running app in my ear tells me every half mile what my current pace is. Mm -hmm. And it's telling me I'm running like an 8. 20 and I'm like slow down because <laughs> I think you just are going you're obviously with all these people that are running like six and a half minute miles right and you just naturally downhill and you get excited and then I think okay slow down and then I think I slowed down like too much and then I think in between waves it was like 15 minutes but actually a really cool part that I got to see was the runners that needed assistance um they were called VIPs I think visually impaired runners So people that visually impaired or completely blind were there and they're actually, I forgot what it's called. It's like a tether. Maybe it's called, there's a name for it where you're like tethered to your guide and you have someone running with you. And I actually saw them go because they went right after. It's almost like a spotter. Yeah. yeah. And then they have something on their back that says, you know, assistant or um, I forgot what it was called, but that was so cool. Because yeah. the, the cues they're giving these runners and they're flying. It is just, you know, runner on your left, like coming up on someone here, like your pace is good. It just really, really cool. So is the spotter in front or in the spotter? Right next to him. Right next to him. Yeah. And okay. they hold their arm up, which I like honestly props to both of them for being incredible athletes and being able to hold your arm. I always see the pacers, you know, when they hold that, the yeah, pace Yeah, that's sign. crazy. I can't even do that for five minutes. So I don't know how people do that for four hours, but they, yeah, seeing that and was really, really cool. And I like, honestly, was just in awe. And so being in the back and then seeing that wave go was actually really cool because I've never seen them before. I've seen the hand cycles take off yep. and wheelchair uh, racers take off, but I've never seen that. But um, then wave two goes. And wave two is probably, I don't know, 
20, 30 minutes slower of a pace, if that even. So I just hear him coming behind me because I'm the back of the pack. I think when people are yelling and they're like, let's go, whoa, come on, 7744. I don't think anyone's around me at this point. I'm fully on an island. And then they just start coming. And I think I told you I felt like Simba and Mufasa in the wildebeest stampede because (laughs) it just was, I mean, imagine me running an 11 and a half minute mile and these people are coming by and it's that first part of the race where you still have that adrenaline. Your pace is pretty fast, faster than normal. And they just... I'm afraid I'm going to get run into and like thrown forward and fall. And it actually became kind of like a legitimate fear and anxiety source. That Did you stay in the middle or did you like go <laughs> no, to the left side stupid? or the right side? No. <laughs> I stayed far left, but that's also okay. an issue because then that becomes the water stance and they there's water stands. It was only every mile, but it felt like more because people were out there handing out stuff. Cause then you're in that space and you're kind of going slow and people are crash landing into the water to grab water. And the first water station, actually someone drank and then tossed it and it just completely landed on my shoe and just completely just like water ballooned my (laughs) shoes. Um, and then the rain was just coming down so hard and just like that kind of like pelting rain where it just like, I don't know. I never, Well, I guess I haven't worn a hat, but I had a visor in the last one. So it rained at the end and I didn't really notice it and actually felt good. This time, no sunglasses, no visor, no hat, no poncho, nothing. And it was kind of that rain that's just annoying. And you're already like start. I feel like the first, it takes me five miles ish to kind of get into a groove. And then it's not until like mile eight or nine where I kind of like find my stride. But if you look at my pace on the breakdown, I'm pretty consistent. Yeah, you were moving. Yeah. I was, I was, I actually think I got in trouble a couple of times because we're not allowed to have our phone or oh. like check our phone in the locker room. And so you were trying to get updates from people. <laughs> well, no, I went and told the, I told the guy, I said, Hey man, like my wife is running the Boston marathon. I'm not like doing anything on my phone other than making sure like she's still going good and like everything's okay. Yeah. And he was like, okay, okay. Just like make it quick. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I kept coming up and checking and you were, you were cruising. Yeah. So I actually have never wanted or thought that I was going to not finish a marathon until this one. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just, I haven't ran that course before. Cause at least LA when I'm running along, I've done it so many times that I know exactly what's coming. I know right. what parts are more challenging. I know what parts are going to be easy where I can cruise. I know where my friends are going to be every year. And this one, it was just so much unknown. Like obviously I've run a portion of the course for my training, but that was just such a small part. And so I'm running along, the rain is just hitting me, which is not fun. And then I start getting these awful cramps, like the worst, worst cramps ever. And I'm also getting them in my kidneys. And then me, as someone that carries a lot of anxiety and irrational worry in my life, I start just thinking something's really bad. Like, what if something's wrong with me? And I had, I don't follow horoscope. I think it's stupid. And sorry if that's people's life and how they base their life. But I read the freaking horoscope on Yahoo the day before. And what did it say for mine? It said you were going to get injured or something. No, it said I was going to have a health problem the next day. I'm like, oh my gosh. 
And so I got the IV and it had all these electrolytes in it. And then I took more electrolytes, which they always say you can overdo it on electrolytes. But I'm like, eh, who's saying that? And then I also put Voltaren, which is a topical anti-inflammatory um, on certain parts of my body that I thought might be painful, my knees. Um, I don't know where else I put it. Maybe I put it on my lower back. But And then I took a Advil. And then I took a, um, what is it called? Imodium, right? Yeah, Imodium. And I'm just thinking what, I never take anything. I'm the person that has a headache and I'd rather monitor my symptoms than take anything because I'm nuts. And I'm thinking, what if I overdid it on anti-inflammatories and my kidneys are suffering? And I just could not shake that feeling and running and running. And I never like to stop to pee ever, which is shocking. But I thought, I normally say if I'm going to have to pee, at least get to 13 miles because I feel like once you break the seal, it's over. So I'm going along, going along. And it's like, even with the Advil, I'm having these really, really bad cramps. And I thought, what if I, something happens, I can't finish. And then it just, I spiral. And I just think I have to run through this. Like no matter what, I have to just keep going, just get in a comfortable pace that you can maintain where I'm not laboring. I'm not going wild. And I just keep going and actually made it to, I think it was right around the half way mark, maybe 14 or 15. I think you said you saw my pace, like added like 30 seconds or something. Yeah. And so I stopped, I went to the bathroom and thought maybe that would help. I thought maybe, Oh, I just have to pee. And that's why my kidneys are aching. It was probably because I waited freaking too long to go to the bathroom in the morning <laughs> and at the marathon a month ago, but it just, it didn't ever really fully go away. I just kind of ran through it and stopped thinking about it, which was probably the best bet. But I think it helps once you're at the halfway point and then especially once you start getting in the single digits because you think, okay, if something happens to me and I have to walk, I can walk 10 miles or I can walk nine miles. And But I think when you first start and you start to feel something that's not great and you still have 21 miles to go or 20 miles to go, it just seems like an impossible yeah. hill to climb. But then I always try to bring it back to the reason why I'm running and who I'm running for and people that go through things that are way worse than being able to run a beautiful course in a marathon and experiencing what is minimal pain in comparison to other people. So I always try to kind of bring it back to that. And that usually helps me push through for sure. That's, that's great perspective on why you do it and how you, how you get through it. I didn't know that you were thinking about not making it. This is the first I've heard that. Yeah. I don't, well, it wasn't that I was going to stop. I just think you just it was, didn't know how you were going to make it 26 miles. I just thought, what if some, I don't know. I thought, what if it got worse and I really right. needed to get checked out by, they have the medical tents every, I think every mile with the water, there's a medical tent. Yeah. And I just thought, what if I go in there and they say this, you know, this isn't a good sign. You shouldn't keep, you know, keep going or whatever. And that would have just been the absolute worst, but it's also probably just that intimidating feeling especially everyone flying by me and i'm just thinking oh my gosh what if i'm the end up being the last person out here which is actually if you watch videos on instagram of the last people finishing marathons they actually get like a really really cool response from the crowd so i guess there's worse things but i don't know just um it was wild because 
you go through and it's almost like the crowd doesn't let you quit. If you even start slowing down, it feels like everyone knows you. And I will say every single inch of this course was filled with spectators. I think I mentioned before half a million people come in or watch, participate, spectate in the Boston Marathon. So every single inch of that course, there's someone on the sideline cheering you on and they look at you and they'll say, you're not going to quit. You're not going to slow down or keep going. You got this. You look so strong and you just believe them (laughs) and you don't want to quit. And I've really, it's nothing against any other race I've ever done. I've just really never seen that many people come out for anything in my life. And it really is an event for people. I know that they mark it in their calendar. I know how much it means to them, but it's just, I mean, I don't know. I feel like when I first moved to LA and I would see, oh, roads closing for the marathon, I was just like, oh shit, I can't go anywhere. The roads are closing for the marathon. And I didn't look at it in that same way. Now that you run, you're like, oh, I want everyone in the city to come out and participate in this. Right. But I think for here and it being a holiday where people are off work, it's almost, in, I mean, it is encouraged for everyone to come out and support. And especially in those smaller towns, you can just see how much it means to have people come through and see their little town. Yeah. What was your favorite? Obviously you were hurting a little bit, but what was your favorite part to go through fan wise? Um, the colleges were cool. I would say there was a cheer station at mile 21 where their energy was insane and that's right by bcu boston college um boston college is a little further up i want to say boston college is like mile oh yeah i think around there but it wasn't um it wasn't a college one it was just a cheer station um and then there's i think wellesley college boston college just energy i mean everywhere was crazy you see it just how everyone just does it differently in their neighborhood like some of the like quote unquote, like smaller towns, like they have their tailgates going. And like our friend Danny, who I've talked about on here, um, had his whole setup, had a stage. If you saw him, or I posted the video where he had your walk up song on <laughs> and did a full serenade. And then his daughter, his wife's family, everyone was out there and they were like, what do you need? We have muscle spray. We have Advil. We have, um, electrolytes. What do you need? And just seeing how much everyone wants to support all the runners, even people they don't know. It's not just for, oh, our friend's running. I guarantee if you ask a ton of people in the crowds, they don't know anyone running. They're just out there because they're supporting, you know, and it's what they want to do. So the cheering is just crazy. And then Elizabeth, who's on the pod, did a YOLO trip and booked a flight to Boston. Red Eye. Red eye, got in in the morning, roads were closed. She was going to try to go to mile nine and watch me. Didn't make it, but then mate, I don't know. She was all over and she's like, you were so hard to keep up with. (laughs) And she's just bouncing all over the city trying to, she actually saw me at mile 20, 20, no mile 23. And I ran by and she's like, oh, you were just like, you flew by. So she sent me the video and she's like, I was yelling for you. But and I only had one 
headphone in because I wanted to be able to hear the cheering. I think that's the best way to do it. Kind of have your music to get your pace going and then be able to hear everyone yelling. But I missed her on the course. But she was thinking, okay, Boston is so cool. You're running it. I want to go and experience it and do it. And so she flew in for, I think she was only in town for less than her flight got delayed. Right. I think she was only here for nine hours total and then flew back. She made it back to the finish line though. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And then Mike and Haley were along the way and then they were going to try to get on the train and take that. And then they said the train derailed or there was a closure. I don't know. We got to find out about this train. Yeah. I think I would have seen it in the newsletter now. Um, So uh, I'm realizing, so I didn't really, I didn't, I normally don't text or check my phone when I'm running, but I have my watch and it'll sometimes have things pop up, but I put my phone on do not disturb because if it's not, and people are texting all day, I'm worried my battery's going to die right. on my phone, my headphones, my watch, whatever. So I have it on Do Not Disturb, but I have you as a VIP. And so it'll stop my music for half a second when you're texting. So every time my music would stop, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Justin is just going crazy on my phone right now. And then at one point, I think, oh, the game's starting, but you weren't playing which is sad. You weren't in starting lineup at least. And so I thought if you were playing, I was going to have the game on because I don't miss a game when you're, when you're playing, but I, you weren't playing. And so I, I think I checked it third inning and it said delay. And then I looked at your text and you said, you know, we're in a delay. Well, the game was in delay before we started. We had an hour delay to start. So the game was supposed so I started at 10 and then I finished a little over five hours but I was aiming for under six, truly. So I thought, okay, I'll finish by four. The game starts at 11. So with the new pace of play, I thought you would at least be done no later than two. Right. Then it gets delayed. So I'm thinking, okay, delayed three. Delayed an hour, a little so over an hour. So I'm thinking three. And I'm like, I'm still good. I'm still good. Three. You we'll have an fine. hour to get over there. So Fenway is exactly a mile from yeah. the finish line. But worst case, you'd be able to run out. Right. I think Kurt Schilling did it one year and ran out to <laughs> see his wife finish yep. at at Fenway full uni which I was hoping you'd be in and that would be really cool and then I'm getting I don't know I think I didn't really look until maybe after mile 20 and I'm realizing okay at this pace I'm probably gonna finish in like an hour or so and I think you sent a text and you were like you're going so fast game's in a delay I don't think I'm gonna make it yeah but I thought there's no way you don't make it. Like yeah, there's like no way hour delay. And I'm literally sitting there watching you run on my phone. And I'm like, this sucks. Like there's no way. I thought there was no way you weren't going to make it. I thought if anything, you would like run out and see me and then go back. But I thought the game would still be in a delay, but then it picked up. I think, I don't know what mile when it, you guys started playing again. I don't remember either, but I told Alex and he was like, Oh, just go out to the finish line real quick in your uniform and then run back. <laughs> Why didn't you? And I was you? like... I wish you had. Uh, I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, there was a way, but it's fine. We'll just I know, but I... Do you regret not going? I don't... Reg- I, I couldn't go. There's no way I could have gone. But I'm uh, sad that I didn't get to go and experience it. And then you ended up pinch hitting. I did, and I thought I hit a homer, but I flew out to the warning track. I mean, I'm getting pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Flying out to the warning track. <laughs> I know. Um, I, th- I forgot who it was. Someone texted me, like, Justin almost hit a homer. I was like, dang, he really wanted to steal my glory on this day. 
But um, I just wanted to add to your glory. So I get to mile 23, I think it was. And that's when you kind of think of it as, okay, I have one more 5K to go. And the worst part is you get through the Newton Hills, which is the worst part, obviously, these rolling hills. And Heartbreak Hill is the last one. And this woman says, you're through the hills, all downhill from here. That woman is not truthful. There were still more hills. Boston is hilly. I mean, everywhere is hilly. Fenway itself, you're on the concourse. You're going up a hill when you're going to your seat. So that was not true. But you realize I have three miles left until I finish this marathon that I thought I was not going to finish. And it's just at that point, you just the runner's high just kind of takes over and I'm just cruising. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really strong. I think I take the last of my fuel and I just think I'm home free. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I'm a mile 24 and this guy just turns to the left and just pukes everywhere. Like <laughs> that guy is not in the same zone that I'm in, but he also is probably been running a lot faster than me all day. Um, and then I'm just kind of closing in on everything. And that last, I would say, mile stretch is just the most screaming, fans cheering, people going crazy, nonstop energy you could imagine. And there's that final hill before you make the left. And the finish line gets in your sights and I'm just charging up that hill and I'm just, nothing was going to stop me. I just thought this is not going to be great for my legs after, but I was just, I felt like I was going a lot faster. And then I looked at my time and I wasn't really going that much faster, but it felt like I was. And then you make that left and it's just everything. I mean, I thought about everything. I thought about the documentary and I thought about 10 years ago and that same exact spot and everything that happened. Think about the city. Just think about being grateful to be able to run. I just think about everything and everything just kind of comes together. And then you just kind of like, I feel like if you looked at the photos of me on that last stretch, I'm looking up and I'm looking around and I just wanted to be able to take it in because a lot of people people pull out their phones in that moment. I get it. And they want to film going through the finish line. I don't think I've ever done that because I'm just thinking this is my moment to soak up and take in and remember. It's not like I'm going to forget it. Obviously I can't share the video in my brain with other people, but just kind of looking around and seeing everyone. And it's like, I'm not a crier, but it was definitely emotional. And then cross the finish line and just that big, happy, sigh of relief and being proud of myself and everyone else finishing and just so freaking cool. And I walk a couple steps. I'm like, okay, body's still working. This is good. And I don't have anyone there at the actual finish line. Again, no jab at you. (laughs) (laughs) Felt like a jab. No, it was cool. Going by Fenway, I had, um, Red Sox, they had their cheer station, which was really cool. They're the ones that took the video. And then Megan, our friend, was there as well. She was actually the first person I saw at the finish line. But they they don't, obviously, for security, they don't let people get how it is in L.A. You can kind of, like, hang right at the finish line. Yeah. But everything was is, was gated off, obviously, for good reason. But so I finish, and I'm walking a couple steps, and this lady comes up. She says, I'm from the Boston Globe. You're Courtney. Can I talk to you? And she's just 
asking me, oh, Justin can make it. Are you sad that Justin couldn't make it? Like, can I have this moment, please? No. Um, that was kind of cool to be able to do that. And I just kind of said, you know, that's baseball. And I know he would have been out here, but I actually keep walking and I almost walk past the medals. And I almost missed getting my medal where I had to back up. And I said, I think I'm supposed to get one of those. And she's like, oh, yeah, congratulations. And then this wonderful experience, someone takes the mylar, the kind of foily blanket, and wraps me in it. And then they have these stickers, which I've never seen before. It was probably a company branded. And she's like, may I tuck you in that blanket? And she just puts the sticker like it's a cape. So then I'm fully just a little burrito wrapped up in that. And then I'm just kind of roaming around. Do those work? Are they oh, warm? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know what it is, but my temperature, I get really cold when I finish running. Even when I just do a couple mile training runs, I'll come home and it's, I'm freezing. So I think it's supposed to regulate your temperature. It's probably just a comfort thing, but I walk a couple steps. I see Megan, chat with her for a little bit. And then Elizabeth is across the way and she's like, oh my gosh, I found you. And she has flowers from everyone and she'd been running around with these flowers all day (laughs) that she got and then other people um had her get but at first i'm walking over to her and i would be i would be one of those other people (laughs) are you are one of some of them from you yeah she had four bouquets well i text mike and haley and oh and then mike and haley had them and then elizabeth had it so i I said i need a favor like oh my gosh add add to add to their crazy day i was like i'm there's no way i'm gonna make it to the finish line like can you get some flowers and have them for court? So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then got to see Elizabeth and then she had to go to the airport and then yeah. I find Mike and Haley. We go up to the Lennox hotel was right there and the McCourt foundation, um, who puts on the LA marathon was there. I got my crisp glass of champagne and some French fries and I was happy as shit. And then they had something really cool, a hotel room upstairs where you could go up and shower I don't do often, but I went up and showered. I wasn't going to wash my hair, but I have to say I felt like a new person and just rejuvenated, rested, relaxed, fresh, clean, just a really, really good day. And it was cool to see all the other finishers as they came in one by one and everyone in the hotel would cheer. And I don't know, just really, really cool experience from start to finish, despite the ups and downs. Yeah, I'm sad I missed it. And you actually described turning that corner on that last little leg as I I asked you about it. And you said, it felt like I ran out of the tunnel of a football (laughs) stadium at the Super Bowl. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that is incredible. And yeah, I'm bummed that I couldn't be one of those people out there cheering you on. Yeah. I thought for a second you might be at the finish. So I kind of got excited of, okay, maybe it's somehow it happened, but I don't know. Yeah. You were there shortly after. Yeah. You got to see me. Me and Kike walked over to the finish line after. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I have to say I would, I would definitely do it again. Uh, what? Beforehand you were like, this is it. I know. I say I'm going to retire to Disney half marathons Yeah, <laughs> all the time. I don't know if I would do it again next year. I don't know. I don't like to, I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I would be able to get a bib next year. So true. we have to see. I I definitely recommend it. It is a magical feeling. I went the next day and got my medal engraved. They There's a few companies that do free engraving. I went and got it engraved, which was cool because 
that is a treasure uh, that I will keep. I think you're leaving out a very important detail. What? You had just run LA a month before this. Uh You were very, very... You had insane imposter syndrome about not belonging there. <laughs> it was pouring rain, freezing cold. You thought you weren't going to make it. A course that you've never ran before. Just being dramatic. It's the World Series of marathons. <laughs> and you just went out and you PR'd. And you didn't mention that. So I didn't know I PR'd. But <laughs> Phil, my running buddy, who paced me at LA in 2022, was a Boston Marathon qualifier. Yeah. Cancer survivor. Boston Marathon finisher, all around badass and holding court listener. What's up, Phil? (laughs) So I cross the finish line and I see, so I thought for whatever reason, I thought my fastest marathon was like 518. I don't know why I just had that in my head, that it was around there. And I get a couple steps over the finish line and a text from Phil pops up and he was like, you're a Boston Marathon finisher. Holy crap, did you just PR at Boston? And I'm like... (laughs) No, like that's weird, but the clocks are weird because you have your, like the gun start and then it starts technically when you cross the starting line. So obviously if you're looking when you cross LA, it's going to be when you actually started because the waves can sometimes put you behind. So I thought, I think I had started four minutes after wave one started. So I thought, okay, maybe like the time's off online or whatever. And then he's like, no, your best LA was 527. So I think I PR'd by less than two minutes and mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I'm actually so glad I had no idea because I think, well, I wouldn't have stopped to pee if I knew that, but I think it would have <laughs> made me more, I don't know. I yeah. might've got diarrhea or something thinking about it because <laughs> I think it would have put something in my head of, oh my gosh, I'm close to this, but what if I don't do it? I'm glad it happened in the way that it did. Cause I think it actually made it more special to, and for Phil to tell me, which was like one of the coolest parts. Well, it's got to be weird, right? Because the finish line clock starts when the elites start, right? Or is it the when... starting? So no, not really. It starts with the waves. And then along the finish line, it would say wave one finish. By the time I finished, it wasn't saying the wave one time anymore. It was saying waves three and four. Okay. So th- they kind of go when it starts, but yeah, the, but normally <laughs> for LA, it doesn't restart. For, right, it's just a continuous clock. Uh-huh. Right? So sometimes yeah. you don't start. I think I started 10 minutes after. And so you don't know what your real time is until you see it online. Yeah, so it'll so say gun your, time and then official time. And then it'll say this still isn't official. And then it'll, it'll Or go. you can look at your watch and it, have an idea. Yeah. But everyone keeps sending me these videos of this backyard pooper and asking if it was me. This guy went into someone's yard, which is so strange because there's toilets every mile. And he just fully drops trow and takes a dumpy in this yard. I don't know how he wiped. I don't know what his situation was, but you <laughs> see the owner of the house running out and telling this person to scram. I'm guessing. There's so no clearly audio. he didn't wipe. I don't know how you, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his life. I don't know what dire situation he was in, but I imagine that that is not comfortable to have that residue. On your mm-hmm. beehole. Be Resi- residue, huh? I mean... I think it's called residue-doo. <laughs> just <laughs> shit, whatever. It couldn't have been solid because you're not shitting in a yard if you... I don't know. Maybe it was solid. Maybe that was his time that he goes every day and he just found a yard. But no, that is not me. And then there's another video going viral on TikTok. It was on ESPN Sports Center 
of someone dancing at Danny's party in Natick and just taking a dance break. And Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. But if I you see the little one. stage, there's a K next to it, and that was my K. So I'm, yes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm famous. I'm in this little video. And I made it to Sports Center. Yeah, Bryn. Bryn. Didn't Bryn make that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that was really cool. But yeah, definitely um, a really, really, really cool experience. And I am grateful that I was able to get a bib and be a part of it. And it made me just uh, love the city even more. It's just really, really cool. The people are amazing. And seeing them come together like that for this. Because um, you really, I mean, you go out and cheer for something and you really... I mean, you don't get any, it's nothing in it for you, right? I mean, obviously it's a cool day and if you're tailgating and it's fun and all that, but going out there and just cheering for complete strangers for five hours, like it's pretty cool that people do that. Okay. From a fan perspective, you've been to a Super Bowl, you've been to a World Series. Oh my God, you, I've been. Wow. I've been to, I mean, should I list Daytona? A, I mean, I have. Daytona. You've been to a Stanley <laughs> Cup final? Um, I've been to playoffs. Playoffs. Okay. Uh. Boston coming out to the bot. I know you weren't a fan. You ran it, but would you, as a fan, put the Boston Marathon on a bucket list? Oh, for people to go out and cheer. Yeah, as a, like as Elizabeth a, as did. a sporting event, yeah. as a fan. Uh huh. One hundred percent. It's probably something that's not on most people's radar. Right. Like, why in the world would I go watch people run? Like, that's probably not. No, I one hundred percent. But this is something that. Because I remember when we went on our honeymoon to um, Italy uh-huh. and we were in Florence. Remember we walked out of the hotel and the Florence marathon, marathon was, going. was going on and we went out and went to the finish line and watched it while it was raining. And it was so cool just to like... And that was before my first marathon. And that was before your first marathon. Yeah. So I think... No, I think and you can do it. I mean, the city's so cool. The food's amazing. So many things to do. I think you can pair it with whether you go to the game before the marathon because that's ideal and i think that that's what sucked this year is normally that game ends and then people pour out into the streets and go watch the finish line right and i think the timing kind of messed that up a little i mean obviously people still left the game and got to cheer but it wasn't when normally that's when you know the higher like the elites more speedy runners are finishing but <laughs> <There you go. laughs> they ended up getting out there when i was finishing so maybe that's why it felt more like the super bowl for me but uh, no, I fully would. I think you pair it with a game, make dinner reservations long in advance. And I think you absolutely do it. Um, I fully recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think it's a different experience than like going to a baseball game or a football game. Like no. you, it's a different. And then if you can get to the finish line too, I would recommend that. I had obviously wasn't here in Boston, but, uh, being at the LA finish line, and seeing the range of emotion from people who are finishing from like sheer joy and happiness to falling down on their knees and crying and um, just the emotion for whatever reason that, that they're running for whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, thing that's bigger than them, that's pushing them to run these 26.2 miles and watching that emotion kind of come out of them as they cross the finish line is, it's incredible. No, I agree. I, yeah, I, there's just nothing like it. And I think although the smaller towns, the things along the way, there is a train here that you can hop on. It doesn't, the finish line stop is closed, but it will get you pretty close. So I think if you wanted to start out doing in the morning and then hop on that and kind of get closer, watch out for those derailments though. Apparently, Yeah, we got to check on Mike that. Mike and Haley said we gotta the, check the, the re- train broke. Check the but, records. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, before we go, we wanted to shout out our very good friend, Stacy McCraw. Do you want to shout her out? Stacy McCraw. She, she is. Go she, ahead. She's retiring. She's a listener. She's retiring after 24 years in the Air Force, and she's retiring as a lieutenant colonel. Yeah. Total badass. Total badass and couldn't be more proud of her. And we're missing the celebration, but wanted to say congratulations, Stace. We love you. We miss you. And we hope that we can see you and all your boys real soon. Soccer mom. <laughs> I hope Jace has a huge <laughs> dance planned out for you. Big <laughs> dance party. I love it. Yeah, we love you, Stace. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Friendly reminder, as always, to revate. 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 That's a new one. <laughs> Please revate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Spotify has a new thing where there's a little question on there that I can pose. I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I finally saw the responses come through. So make sure you check that out if you listen on Spotify and you can subscribe so you don't miss any of these riveting episodes. Are we on a new platform? We are on iHeart. Oh, you can we are listen on, iHeart. on iHeart. So right. if you're already listening, but you prefer the iHeart app, then pop over there and listen. But thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week. See ya. Bye. Boom, 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 bo